Hello, I'm Amanda Cage, the CEO of the National Fund for Workforce Solutions. Welcome to the state of our workforce. Where are we now? Each month, we have a conversation that goes beyond the Department of Labor, Employment and Job Numbers to explore issues at the forefront of workforce development. Today, I am joined by Tom Strong, our Director of Employer Activation. Hi, Tom. Hi there, Amanda. Good to see you. Um, so I wanted to talk, you know, about what's kind of happening, what the conversation is right now out there. And here we are, I think we're sort of like a month into this, into this controversy of very strange labor, labor market numbers, right? We still are missing 7 million jobs from the economy, and yet we have employers who are complaining that they can't find workers. And there's lots of conversation about what's causing that. On some, on some sides, people are, are saying things like, um, you know, the COVID crisis is, isn't over and people still have health concerns. We still have issues of child care and in-school learning that are keeping some folks uh, away from uh, coming back to the labor market. Um, you know, there are issues of, of quality of jobs, um, all things that we talk about the national, at the National Fund. What, what's sort of your take on this, on this crisis and, and where we stand in this particular moment? Um. It's a great question, Amanda. I think that we're at a point where we are still in a crisis, but the evidence suggests that we are coming out in a lot of ways, and there's good reason to be optimistic. The last jobs report I thought was pretty good, actually. Um, the uh, level of job growth appears to be accelerating um, from month to month. There were some positive revisions to the previous months. And from our perspective, and really from the, the nation's perspective, there was a lot of good news in terms of wage gains. Wage growth is currently in the last two months at the highest rate it's been since the early 1980s. And it's been especially high for production and non-supervisory workers, which means a lot of the gains in wages are going to the people who need it most in this economy. Is there room for improvement? Yeah, there's still a lot of people who are not returned to the workforce yet. There's still a lot of barriers that we're facing because of the ongoing pandemic. Uh, uneven vaccination numbers from one region to the next. Um, and of course, a lot of people are struggling to get back to the workforce because they've got uh, childcare or other caregiving responsibilities that are getting in the way. Um, they may be rethinking the kind of work that they want to do because they've been away from the workforce for so long. And transportation remains a challenge for a lot of people as well. One of the things that we don't typically talk about in the monthly numbers are about uh, the people who have left the labor force, right? So the folks who are not who are um, not no longer participating in the labor force. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I first got into the workforce development field about 12 years ago, it was right in the wake of the Great Recession, and at the time. You know, there was the same conversation about employers being unable to find hires, um, but there was also uh, a notable effect of people who had jobs sticking in them for longer, even if they were close to retirement age. Um, and that was because of the enormous economic precarity people were facing in that circumstances. If, even if they had a good job, their, their children or their spouse may have lost their job. And so people stayed well past retirement age because of that. And I think part of what we may be seeing now is that those people may, it's, it's quite possible some of those people chose to retire after the pandemic. And we'll, we'll only know that you know six months or a year from now for sure um, as more data comes in. But 
there's a good chance that some portion of the workforce may not come back because they had already been postponing their retirement. And one way or another, they found themselves thinking this is the right time. But that in turn is gonna create opportunities for other people to move up in the workforce or to return to the workforce later on when circumstances are right. Yeah, I know one of the things that I think about all the time is the number of women who left the workforce. We know, multi, you know, two million women left the work the, the workforce during COVID, and we really do hope those folks come back with their talent uh, back to the to the labor market. Um, you know, one of the things that we're hearing is that um, you know this feels different for different sectors of the economy, right? Uh, in terms of what people are experiencing. And I know you do a lot of work within the service sector. Can you talk a little bit about what's unique about that sector compared to other sectors in the economy? Yeah, absolutely. We are focusing a lot on the service sector um, within our Activate Employer solution right now, in part because it was so deeply affected by the pandemic, much more so than the rest of the economy. Um, but also because the workforce field in general has struggled to outside of healthcare really engage the service sector employers and we wanna get better at that as a field. One thing that we have seen is that the service sector, it's you know restaurants, hospitality, they're seeing some of the fastest job growth and fastest wage growth, but it's still gonna take a long time for the numbers to come back because the ditch is so deep. Um, so many people were furloughed or, or lost their jobs that they've had a chance to think about their future career. They wanna think about and rethink their relationship to the world of work. And it's gonna take some time for employers to respond to that um, and figure out new approaches, uh, really kind of start to internalize job quality and how they can make uh, for a more supportive workplace um, and one that is also quite successful for themselves. And we wanna be part of that conversation with employers as it happens. Yeah, let's talk about internalizing job quality, because one of the things that we say and we in the at the National Fund all the time is um, this is an issue of quality jobs. we got to make sure that those jobs are quality jobs that are attractive uh, to workers. What can uh, what can employers do to make their jobs attractive? We talk we hear a lot about non quality jobs, but we don't tell employers how to make their jobs better. Yeah, it's a great question. And there's a couple sides to it. Um, on a basic level, like we know that the most fundamental thing people do when they work is they are working for a living. They're working to make money. And if you pay people more, they're more likely to stay with you. They're more likely to stay in the workforce at all. Um, and we are observing wages going up significantly in the kind of the restaurant, hospitality, other service sector industries. And that's great. That's a good thing. But that's not the be all and end all of making jobs better. And employers sometimes, um, are missing the bigger picture if they only focus on that. We've, we've heard so many times that the national fund from employers will say, you know, I'm trying to keep up. I like raise wages in, in line with my competitors, but I still lose people because they're making 25 cents more an hour elsewhere. Um, there are other elements to job quality and you got to think about circumstances. So right now, as you said, a lot of women have dropped out of the workforce because of childcare and other responsibilities at home. Make that easier for them. Invest in childcare for your workers, create supportive systems for them there. Transportation, similarly, people do not, you know, who have been accustomed to using public transportation may still not feel safe doing so again. Mm -hmm. How can you figure out a way to help your workers get to work in the first place? Maybe you can come up with more ways to do remote work. Maybe you can come up with ride sharing opportunities or help people with buying a car and building credit. Um, there are a lot of ways to do this. You got to figure out. Kind of what are the core barriers in your company right now 
and what are outcomes that you can measure and will hopefully be responsive to to a change that you make in the company. Well, thank you, Tom, so much for talking uh, to me today. I know we talk about this all the time at the National Fund, but excited to be able to share some of our thoughts with a broader audience. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Amanda. Happy to hear from others who have been watching.